gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. Uh, I know it's been a little while since we've had a chance to chat, um, but I've been all over the place enjoying my fun employment. I'm actually in the process of potentially locking down a new gig, which is super exciting. Um, But I've also been out of town house-sitting for a friend for the last week or so. And you know me, I spent a lot of time catching up on things that I've been meaning to watch. Um, I did a deep, deep dive into all of the streaming services that are available to me. And I found some really great stuff to watch over the past few days. And I really just wanted to highlight some of it for you. uh, Because one of them in particular particular um, was a was a great throwback for me and I just wanted to make sure that everybody who listens to our broadcast had a chance to check it out before I get ahead of myself though let's do the regular introduction what am I drinking what am I watching so recently as of yesterday I had a chance to finally sit down and watch tragedy girls um, which is one of these films that I had heard a lot about recently and was really excited about finally getting a chance to check it out because it's gotten so many great reviews and so many people are saying it's a a great modern horror film. And it was. It was a great surprise. Um, The cast is actually really amazing. There's going to be a few folks in there um, who you're going to recognize. The two main girls, the tragedy girls themselves, um, have actually already had starring roles in X-Men movies. Um, One of them is the girl who played Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool. And the other one is the girl who played Storm um, in X-Men Apocalypse and will reprise that role in the upcoming Dark Phoenix saga movie coming out in a year or so. Both of them do a great job in this movie right off the bat. Um, You're sort of introduced to them having this blog where they sort of document uh, odd goings-on and they're trying to hint at a serial murderer in their town, but nobody seems to believe them and they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to get likes, they're trying to get clicks, they're trying to get views, followers, all that jazz like the kids these days tend to do. But it's done in this really kind of grim dark funny way where everything's ironic and you know they're they're killing these people but you know they're not getting the attention they deserve and it just kind of wraps up and winds around and you're not quite sure what's going to happen next but all the characters are really funny um and the way that the movie's put together is really great really well presented so yeah if you get a chance if you find it out there somewhere i'm not sure if it's available streaming anywhere but if you see tragedy girls definitely give it a view Um, As far as what I'm drinking, I'm just drinking some water from the tap because I'm getting ready to go out tonight and I need to stay hydrated. All right, and now to kind of dial it back into what we were talking about originally, when I was pet-sitting and house-sitting for my friend, I went and I looked on Amazon, the prime viewing platform, and I found a little show called Monsters. Now, you might be familiar with the show. I remembered it as soon as I saw the introduction. Basically, there is a uh, a catchy little creepy tune that plays, and you're kind of introduced to these three monsters who are sitting in front of a television set. Um, there's a, a dad who is a, a human couch potato. Uh, he's really gross looking, and his wife and daughter are uh, cyclopses, and the, the, the wife is bringing in food uh, for the family, and they're going to sit down and um, eat dinner right before they watch their favorite show, which is the show that they're actually on. It's really, it breaks the fourth wall there, but it's a great little introduction. And that intro to the film, or to the to the show, rather, uh, was what 
I remembered the most. I remembered seeing it as a child and being kind of spooked because it's all weird makeup done on these people. And I remember the show being on the Sci-Fi Network. Um, now, I probably saw, originally as a child, I probably saw later episodes because this came out when I was probably like one. So I probably saw it being rebroadcast. But the fact of the matter is, this show is kind of... I wouldn't say dismissed, but I don't really hear that many people talking about it or giving it the credit I feel like it deserves. Because it's basically Tales from the Dark Side or Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone-esque anthology show, specifically dealing with the horror theme, but every episode has a monster in it. And this for me is great because it combines a lot of things that I really, really love, um, including anthology produced work. So you get a different set of characters, a different story every episode. It's episodic by default, but all the episodes are very different. Um, and they do have some twists that you see coming, kind of like when we sit down and watch The Twilight Zone and we're like, oh man, yeah, okay, well, I saw that coming a million miles away. But at the time, the people who watched those episodes didn't really see that coming. It was really revolutionary for the time. You kind of get that vibe with this one, too. Uh, the first season, there are three seasons and uh, 70-some episodes, so I was able to plow through those um, pretty quickly because I didn't have much to do while I was house-sitting. And the first season is very solid. Um, the second season, there's a few episodes that sort of, I would say, are a little bit on the weaker weaker end. Um, some of the episodes tend to drift into more of like sci-fi tropes, which is fine. But there's definitely better examples of that out there. But Monsters really kind of started picking up the pace towards the third season, which was also fairly solid. Some of the episodes are, you know almost feel like filler, but then at this point, because it's almost established towards the end of its run, you get people writing episodes like the one of the last episodes is written by Stephen King, and it's one of the best episodes. It's basically about this dude who you can't tell if he's crazy or not, but every time he goes into the bathroom, a finger crawls out of the drain and just kind of drives him crazy. And by the end of the the end of the episode you're just like what did I just watch? But it's like creepy and weird and bizarre and you know that's right up my alley. But also it's like some of these episodes are weirdly kid friendly in the kind of a dark way. Like I wouldn't say sit down like with a 4 or 5 year old kid and watch these shows, but it was on the Sci-Fi Network, so they do get away with a fair amount. Um, it's not like there's like a ton of nudity or a ton of language or anything like that. The gore, in most cases, is over the top. All the effects are practical. There's no 3D effects for the most part. It's just all costume work. Some of the costumes are hokey um, in a few of the episodes. Uh, there's a fair amount of 2D and stop-motion animation, which is really cool to see. There's one episode in particular, I think it's in the second season, might be the third season, where it's in an animal testing facility, and the rats that they're testing poison on become evolved in a way where they develop civilized tools and weaponry and kind of stage this revolt against the scientists, and all of the rats are done up in this really great, creepy-looking, stop-motion claymation-type animation. If you've ever seen uh, Brain Dead. Um, Peter Jackson's film with the rat monkey that causes the zombie outbreak is very akin to that rat monkey. So it's like super creepy, spindly, terrifying. But all these little dudes have like spears and weapons and stuff and they're just like killing scientists left and right. Great episode. Even the, the first few episodes right off the bat just really nail the mark. And 
some of the stuff, some of the episodes are just so bonkers and so bizarre. Sometimes there's tropes that kind of stick for a few episodes, because I imagine they gave the folks working on the show fairly free reign to do what they want. And some of the themes, like the theme of making a deal with the devil or demon, demonic possession, people returning from the dead, that tends to happen a lot in a few of these episodes. Some of the stuff presented is also really far-fetched. And so the, 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 one of the themes that they include, along with horror and comedy in the show, is fantasy a lot of the time, which isn't too distracting. And some of the, the shows and some of the episodes end very, very dark. Some of them end very funny and ironic. Most of them end like a pulp magazine, like a Tales from the Crypt comic from back in the day, like an EC title, where it would just, you know, you would get this 30-minute serialized episode showing how shitty a person was, and you'd be like, wow, I really hope they get theirs, and by the end, they're stuck in this situation, or they're in this literal hole that they're going to be stuck in, or position, or problem, that it's just like, well, yeah, that's what you deserve. So that's the payoff, basically. Um, Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you're like, oh, well, this person I really like, I can get behind, and they still kind of get screwed, and then you're like, oh, man... I knew it was coming, but I didn't want it to come for this person, and it got that person. So, I don't know, like, I sat there, and I watched, over the course of two or three days, I watched all the episodes. Some of them, like, I'd love to put together a master list of some of my favorite episodes, and give them shout-outs for you guys, but if you have Amazon Prime, and you enjoy monster movies, um, or if you enjoy horror movies in general, or if you like Tales from the Crypt definitely give this show a watch. It's not going to be as intense, although there are certain moments where you're like, what the hell just happened? There's plenty of it there for you to watch. Uh, Like I said, there's 70-some episodes, and it's a lot to take in, but I would say it's also one of those things you can kind of put on in the background as well. You're also going to recognize some of the actors and actresses from other things in the 90s. Um, Meatloaf is in an episode... There's a lot of moments where you were like, oh, that guy, and you just kind of recognize him, but you don't know his name. I had so much fun kind of popping on episodes and then just looking on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, and being like, oh, yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's been in a ton of horror movies. I'm trying to think and remember who else was in there. Adrienne Barbeau um, from, like, Swamp Thing. She was in an episode. Linda Blair. They grabbed a lot of great people to be in the show. Frank Gorshwin from um, Batman, The Riddler. Uh, Let's see, Darren McGavin. A lot of these guys and ladies that have been in other movies that you probably grew up with played little roles in this show that are amazing. There's an episode with Steve Buscemi that's pretty incredible where he's kind of stuck in a hotel. Um, He's like a traveling salesman. He's stuck in a hotel and he hears the um, neighbors next door having an argument and he winds up being seduced by this crazy woman and that was one of the weirder episodes but he's really great in it and he's really young so it's kind of funny to see these people like super young uh i'm trying to remember abe bagoda will wheaton the guy uh i'm trying to remember his name the guy from joey joey from friends he's in the episode with will wheaton and they're kind of like tag teaming these vampires that they think they need to save the world from so it's kind of has a lost boys vibe in that episode but it's it's really great yeah, there's just so so much to this show that I feel like not that many people have, have seen or are aware of or remember, but so much came back to me even after I just watched the um, the intro to the show. I remembered specifically being scared of it as a child because, you know, I wasn't 
as up on horror movies and stuff as I am now. I used to be terrified of the stuff, but now I can't get enough of it. So yeah, if you have Amazon Prime, please, you know, even just watch the first episode. Uh, and I don't think you will regret it. Um, so yeah, thanks for giving a listen. And if you enjoy this episode as short as it was, you can find more of our stuff at the downinfrontpodcast.com. We have a lot to offer. We have a lot of things going on. You can find us all over the internet. Uh, we have a facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. Uh, you can email us directly at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're now streaming video games on Twitch. You can find us there at twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. Um, and also on Twitter, you can tweet at us at underscore D-I-F-P. Um, and also, if you enjoy the content that we make, we do it completely for free. We do it because we, we love it, and we do it because we enjoy the fact that we get to have our friends and fans listen to our content. But if you do enjoy it, you can also look us up on Patreon, and no matter what, even a dollar a month, if you can send something our way, it would be much appreciated and make what we do that much easier so that we can get more out to you. In fact, we have certain things that are going to be coming out for Patreon-exclusive donators. Um, and you can read more about that at patreon.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. As always, this is Andrew with Fear Boners, presented by the Down In Front Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon.